So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Tom Floyd with TNK. This is such a treat. Hopefully, all of this audio is, is pretty good. I'm trying something new. There is a co-invitation app, or I guess feature, for the, the platform that I'm using, which is Anchor. So, we'll, we'll find out how everything's going, and, and I'll review it and go from there. But, yes, thank you for joining us. If you're tuning in again, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Uh, tonight is definitely special for me, or today rather, depending on what time zone you're in and who's listening. But this is another friend of mine that I've known since first grade. Uh, real quick, do you want to be known or do you wish to be uh, remain anonymous? No, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, you cool. know me. <laughs> yeah, this this is uh, Cameron English. I've known him since first grade. He's a very dear friend of mine. And um, some things that I want to say is that even though Cameron and I don't talk as often anymore, he's done some things for me in the past that I can never repay him back for. Whether that was saving a friend's life or helping me get my first job, which helped me save for college. Uh, Cameron, I'm indebted to you, man. And I'm proud of you for, for doing what you did for, the, for one of the reasons why I brought you on this podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate you, man, for saying all that. And I appreciate you, too, for everybody <laughs> that's listening. Thomas is... Thomas has saved me quite a few times also. He's 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 helped me get out of some some deep deep parts, but we're good now. So yeah, I'm happy to be on and I'm happy to share some stuff with you. Thank you. And I I appreciate you saying that too. So for all of you who is listening, real quick, you're you're actually doing your own music recently, which I thought was really insane. And, and some of it I've listened to, it's actually not half bad. In fact, it's it's pretty good. So what uh, what got I've... you into that? I appreciate you saying that, man. I'm actually on my way to Florida right now uh, to go perform at a uh, little kind of underground music festival. We got to keep it on the hush hush because it's illegal, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I started making music like six months ago, maybe seven months ago. um, And I'd always wanted to do it. Uh, I just never really had the confidence or the help to do it you know growing up back home in Brunswick County I mean you know it's a very small town oh yeah everyone's got something to say about everything you know so very true you know I I I just didn't feel very confident trying to start things back there and uh you know like I said I didn't really know anybody that could help me with music and, and honestly I didn't really know what kind of sound I wanted um so once I got to Charlotte and just kind of started doing my own thing I one day I just I got with a friend of mine and I was like man I I think I want to start making some music and uh (laughs) I looked up like some YouTube beats and I tried making a couple songs and they were trash man and uh I actually ended up getting in touch with Jay Barham do you do you know him no no not not familiar but okay well he he went to South Brunswick and uh we we were we were in the band together and nice. you know, we did marching band all that good stuff and I used to make beats with him like every now and then hell yeah dude and uh, so we just happened to get in contact and he was like hey man do you stay in uh, Haven Forty Nine which is the name of my apartment complex and I was like yeah what's up and uh, he was like oh dude I live here too we should chill what? and I was like man I've been here for about a year I know you've been here for at least two years like what the hell <laughs> yeah that's crazy and, uh, dude. Uh, and so I was like, well, yeah, I'm coming over right now. So I went over there and he started playing me some beats that he had been making. And I was like, dude, this is like the sound I've been looking for. Like, this is what I want to do. 
And so we just started playing around and I finally got my confidence up and I posted stuff and it went good. I got a great reaction out of it. So I've just been, you know, punching stuff out here and there and trying to get it going. And I, I see you doing it too. And yeah, COVID definitely must, must not help that. It must make it a little bit harder to. Yeah, it put a little uh, dampener on things for sure. I mean, it was it was good for like to be home and just like, not have too much to worry about because like you know when I over quarantine I spent my quarantine back home and uh, I just worked with my stepfather and helped him do construction so you know I just do that during the day and then have the whole night to write and record and all that so I set up a little studio in my closet pretty much and worked on some stuff while I was home but it definitely was difficult you know it 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 it, I struggle with trying to decide of whether or not I should push it that hard right now because you know, it's not like, I mean, I'm doing this performance this weekend, but other than that, you know, I can't perform anywhere else or, you know, really yeah. do anything like that. So, you know, I don't want to just get wrapped up in the COVID-19 thing. So. Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with that, man. Like, and I've been talking to some friends and everyone's also going through through some similar struggles, whether it's with internships or music or right band or anything else. But uh, real quick, I, I do want to and thank you again for, for sharing that because I am very curious and I want to, to learn more. But I do Absolutely. want to, to get into the meat of this, which is uh, for the whole BL, uh, BLM movement. So yes. um, now that you guys have a little bit of background in front of Cameron, uh, Cameron, with Black Lives Matter, everything going on. And also, there, the other reason why I brought Cameron on this podcast is because he actually did just something a little daring, which is he uh, just traveled out to Charlotte. And decided to photograph some of the protests, which I think is, is is a very historic move on his part. Cameron, what when I heard that, I was actually shocked. Like, I that was, I mean, it wasn't something I didn't expect you to do, but like, I just you went out of your way to do that. So, like, what was your whole motivation behind that? What pushed you to do that? What are some of the things that you saw? Like, I'd right. love to hear about your entire experience. So, uh, you know, with my photography. And I started doing photography about three years ago. Okay. Uh, I, I started like my senior year of high school. Um, and that's actually why I moved to Charlotte was to look for more opportunities. And you know, I've worked with like a little media company for about a year and just didn't work out too well. So I hadn't really been touching my camera for a while. And, uh, it, you know, I was like, man, I really need to get out there and start working on my photography and get back into this. And you know, I'd heard about everything that was going on. Of course, I saw the, you know, the video of, of George Floyd and I, you know, I'd seen all the rioting going on in Minneapolis and, um, but I didn't know that it was coming to Charlotte, actually. Um, I had, the day that I went out, um, I had actually got a Snapchat from like a friend of mine that lives in the apartment complex. Really? Yeah. And he was just like, he just, he like put it on his story. He was like, uh, there might be some like, uh, looting at South Park mall. I'm gonna let you know. And I was like, I'm not really trying to steal nothing, but I will photograph it, you know? And, uh, so I was like, let me know what's going on with that, man. Like, let me know if you do anything. And he was like, all right, all right, bet. And, uh, he never texted me. And, uh, so, and I had been working all day. So I left work drove past up down I didn't see anything I didn't even think anything was going on didn't know anything was going on and then uh I got home and okay. all my roommates were asleep and the news was still on and so I just sat on the couch started watching the news and they were doing uh uh like a live you know newscasting of 
the the protesting oh, wow. downtown, uptown, and you know the riot. They weren't exactly rioting, but you know just what was going on. And I was like, wow, it's uh, it's popping off down there, really. And uh, you know, I had seen like the newscasters had been tear gassed, and you know, a bunch oh, of people gosh. were tear gassed. So I was sitting, I sat there. So for, the like, newscasters were also tear gassed. It wasn't just the protesters. Well, so I believe what had happened was you know the police just threw gas out. You know, they're like, we're just throwing these canisters out just to disperse these crowds. And I believe that the newscasters had just happened to kind of be in the area um, oh, and man. got it, you know, got some in their eyes or whatever. Um, so I watched it for about 30 minutes and I was like, I feel like I need to go down there. You know, I feel like this is what I've been waiting for as far as like photography goes, you know. And uh, so I just packed up my stuff and drove down there. And the whole time I was driving, man, I, you know, I, I like to try to keep cool, but man, I was nervous. I really was. I, I, I yeah, I, I feel like I'd be nervous in that situation too, regardless. Yeah, yeah. You know, I really did not know what to expect. And, you know, the whole time I'm driving, I'm just looking up in the sky and I see these helicopters circling around the city. Oh shit. I was like, all right, all right. It's uh, it's lit down there. So I pulled into uptown and <laughs> I really, I didn't know where I was going. You know, I just had set like to go to the middle of, of uptown and I was like, I'm sure I'll find it, you know, like I, <laughs> this is not going to oh, be yeah. something hard to find. <laughs> and uh, I actually ended up driving right into the middle of it. Oh shit. Yeah. And I got stuck like in between the cops and protesters for about 10 minutes. Like I couldn't what? move my car. Like I was just surrounded by people and Holy there's fireworks crap. and all sorts of shit getting thrown over my car. And, and so finally I just kind of skirted through and, loop back around and parked and uh so i hopped out and just you know took it real easy kind of stayed on the outskirts and just took my pictures and uh you know it, it did get it pretty rowdy you know at one point people in and, and this is what i do have to say about that protest and uh, as far as charlotte's protesting goes because no, you know definitely. obviously when you watch the news right now you know when you watch the news right now all you're seeing is minneapolis new york city and la Oh, never mind. Here we go. Can you hear me? Okay, cool. Cool, cool, Perfect. cool. Yeah, so I'm going to probably edit All right, out you're this able last to hear me out. Yeah. But no, okay, please cool. uh, continue. You just got through the streets, or through through that crowd. Oh, yeah. parked off to the side. Yeah, so I parked, um, and it was, I actually, so I had a buddy, um, like, as I was, leaving he had sent us like because i'm in a group message with like a couple of my boys up here in charlotte and okay. uh he had sent a snapchat of him uh driving uptown and he was like headed to the riots pull up and i was like are you really going and he was like yeah i am and so i was like okay bet i'll be there in like 20 minutes and um so i got there and i was like where are you parking at you know and he was like honestly man i think we're gonna get out of here like i can't really find a place to park and i was like dude there's riots going on like you can park anywhere right now and uh but he he didn't he left and so i was like all right i guess i'm doing this on my own and uh so like i said i parked and hopped out and just started walking along and you know uh so let's see how it went. I'm trying to go off of base how my pictures were. Um, so I kind of just started walking up the road 
and you know obviously there's people yelling and uh you know fireworks getting thrown everywhere and the cops are grabbing people and all sorts of wild stuff so i kind of detoured and went somewhere else because the cops are kind of coming my way i was like yeah we don't we don't need that right now (laughs) and uh yeah so i left and wrapped around to like this other building and like this huge crowd of people so i was like bet here's a big crowd i'll just stick with them and within probably like two minutes people just started going nuts i mean they like we were standing out it was some you know kind of business uh it was a big building uh, and they had like a real nice pond out front and these people just started like slinging anything they could find into it chairs flower pots like huge huge flower pots i mean it was like three dudes grabbing one and they just flip it over into the pond um so like that was kind of the first of the destruction. So I'm shooting that, and then one guy like he grabbed a rock and threw it through a window, and uh, and so like that was kind of the start of it, you know. And I was like, all right, stuff's about to go down. And I heard this group of guys right next to me kind of talking, and I heard one of them. He was like, "Yo, what if I shot that shit?" And sure enough, he just kind of trots on over and put like ten, twelve shots through the windows and. Just Wait, ran off. Yeah, with a gun. Oh shit! <laughs> I thought, yeah, I was like standing right next to him, and I was like, Yo, "For real?" And uh, so he just took off, starts shooting, and you know the whole crowd that I was in pretty much dispersed. And from there, I was like, ah, "I'm gonna take a couple more pictures, and then I think I'm done." And uh, so I left from there. But I will definitely say this, and this is kind of what I was saying before we got cut off. Um, you know, when you're watching the news right now, you see L.A., New York, Minneapolis, and you see how bad it is going on out there as far as the rioting and the looting and all of that. Like, Charlotte is nothing like that. Um, you know, I, and I would honestly say, and I honestly kind of felt bad about this after I posted my pictures because I really posted and photographed kind of the worst of what was going on. Um you know, for the most part, while I was out there, I'd say about, you know, probably 50 to 60% of the people that were there were there to protest and were there for a meeting, you know? And uh, I'd say about 10% were just kind of observers, more of just looking to see what was going on down there. And then the other 20% were like people that were trying to riot and like break shit, but they were being kind of like, I can't really think of the word, but, you know, they, they were more of waiting for someone to start it. You know, like, ah, they didn't really they, know. They were waiting for an instigator. Right, 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 right. Like, like they want, like, they were there, and, like, they wanted to go hard, but they were just like, okay, do I want to be the one to start this? Or, you know, they, it, was, it was very interesting. Like, it seemed like there was just a lot of kind of, like, standing around mentality? waiting for something to happen. And, yeah, maybe some mob mentality. Um, but you know, but like I said, compared to all these other cities, I mean, it was very, very peaceful. And the couple of days that they had been protesting after that day were very peaceful. Also, I, I, and like I said, I, I honestly think I had photographed the worst of it as far as the destruction goes. Um, but you know, it, it was, it was still really cool. I'm glad that I went out there. Um, you know, one of the main reasons I went in the first place was, just so I'd, you know, have something to talk to my kids about. Because um, wow. I know, you know, me, like, you know, I, I, I remember being in high school and learning about, 
you know, the, the riots in the 90s out in L.A. Uh, for the same thing, uh, the Rodney King riots. And, uh, you know, it, I asked my parents about it. And, of course, they weren't there, but they were able to tell me, you know, how things were and what kind of life was like then while that was happening. And so, you know, I figured there's going to be a day where my kids go to school and they're going to see that there was rioting all over the country and, you know, probably ask, hey, did this go down in Charlotte? And I'll be able to tell them, yep, and I was there. And here's the pictures of it. So, Karen, really that good. makes me so proud of you. Like, I'm, and I'm not saying that <laughs> just because we're on a podcast or anything else, but I know so many people that just don't care or oh, oh yeah absolutely eye. like i mean you were you weren't just risking your life i mean i don't know if you felt like well actually yeah real quick well anyway but you were you were putting yourself out there in a in a potentially dangerous situation just to take those photos and right i'm just proud of you like your, your reason behind it wasn't like purely it wasn't selfish if that makes sense right like, yeah, and and that was one thing in I was honestly kind of worried about when I posted the pictures, you know? I was worried that people would kind of look at him and be like, "Oh, look at Cam just trying to get some clout. Like he's trying to boost his photography by going out and doing this." And like that's not at all what I was trying to do, you know? I I really respected what was behind it. I went out there to photograph history. And that, I mean, that's the whole purpose behind my photography, you know? I don't I don't do photography trying to become famous you know obviously I would love for that to happen and that is my goal but I, I don't I don't want to just be known as Cam the guy that takes pictures like I want people to look at my pictures in 20 to 30 years and be like wow like this is what life was like back then and now I get to see it for what it was dude so is there any way that you could so those pictures are on your your profile correct yeah, they're on my photography page, um, which I don't know if you follow that one or not. If you follow my, well, you do follow my main Instagram. Uh, if, I, the, if I don't, I'm going to be sure to follow it. Can you give a shout out to your to your page, actually, so that pe- for people that, whether they follow you or not, for people that want to see those pictures can go and check them out? Yeah, absolutely. So my photography page uh, on Instagram is at cam on the cam 18. So it's C-A-M. O-N-D-A-C-A-M, 18. So Cam on a Cam. And, uh, you know, my normal Instagram account is at official underscore ASAP underscore Cam Bam, if you guys want to follow that also. But, um, so yeah, the pictures are on the Cam on a Cam account. Um, and Thomas, if you wanted me to just straight send those to you, I'd be more than happy to. No, yeah, please do. I'd, I'd appreciate it, dude. That's That's incredible. And yeah, interestingly enough, and I, I wanted to bring this up too, uh, I ended up talking to your mom about it because she ended up seeing some of the stuff I was doing with my platform and, you know, trying to raise awareness and help educate people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was the one who actually brought to my attention that you were, that you went out there. And so when I <laughs> yeah. heard that, I was like, what? Cameron really did that? Like, oh my gosh, that that's incredible. But then my second thought was, oh, crap, like, I don't know exactly where he went. Is he okay? <laughs> right, right, yeah. No, she was not too excited about that. Um. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely got near about that. But hey, she, hey. she was proud of you, despite everything else, man. Like, I don't know okay. what, what was said between you two, but um, I know when she was talking to me, I had brought that up, and I was like, hey, you know, for me personally, that's a part of history, and that, that makes me proud to, like, know him as a friend. 
And I think that also helped bring it into perspective, man. And she, but she genuinely was proud of you. She was just worried for you. Um, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you telling me that. No problem, man. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I could imagine any parent would probably be uh, not, not ecstatic <laughs> to, to learn yeah, about. Yeah, I, I, I got calls from a lot of family members after that telling me, do not go back out there. You did it. And really? That's it. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Damn, dude. But, uh, but yeah, it was cool. And, and thank you for also pointing out, you know, it's not necessarily, they may have photographed the worst of that there could have been some other stuff. And thank you for also sharing that, you know, a lot of these things are peaceful, that there are just a percentage of people out there, a lower percentage, in, in fact, that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, whenever I I see this stuff going on in the news, like the, you know, the real rioting and the looting going on, you know, of course it it, it sucks, you know, because there's a lot of, like, small businesses and family-owned businesses that are just getting destroyed out there, you know, and and, and that sucks. And I feel bad for those type of people, you know, but at the same time, I do look at it and it's like, you know what? (laughs) really what did they expect i mean you've had people cooped up in their houses for three months doing absolutely nothing and now that you can go out you get the opportunity to break stuff like i'm I'm not gonna say no to that you know what i mean (laughs) and no and that that's a very valid point that i ended up bringing up uh briefly before as well um sadly i'm not gonna get to upload so for the people out there listening right now, I'm going to be uploading this one, this podcast between me and Cameron right now, because my mentor and I are actually going to do a reshoot. Um, I don't want anyone feeling uncomfortable with what they say or if they feel like what they said didn't come out the way they wanted it to. So he took a listen. He felt like it could have been done better. So I'm going to be getting that one out there next week. But we ended up touching on that exact thing. And it was, you know, people have been cooped up, like Cameron said, for so long, but also before when whenever there would be protests or any any type of of revolutionary act so to speak people felt like people would feel like they had a lot to lose you know oh i have a family to support oh i have this business i have to go on to work the next day or this week or if i do this or i act this way you know i might even get fired but at this point what else do people really have left to lose if they're already losing money or not being able to go into work etc well exactly and that's that's exactly the way i look at it too you know everyone's been out of work and who knows when some of these people will go back to work so yeah i completely agree it's just kind of like you know why not and you know again like i said i feel bad because of some of these people losing their businesses and it is you know kind of screwed up at times but at the same time you know i stand by it and i don't I don't, uh, you know, disagree with the rioting. And I, I actually talked to my, uh, I think I talked to my father about it. I'm not sure. I talked to somebody about it and I told them, I was like, man, you know, think about this. I get pissed off over like, who knows, getting dirt on my shoe. And I want to go ahead and break, you know, break a window or punch a wall or something. And who, you know, I can't imagine what it's like dealing with, you know, so much anger and hatred for over 200 years you know what i mean as far as the black community and having to deal with everything that they deal with throughout their day-to-day life i'd i'd be doing the same thing man i'd be going out there i'd be tearing the city down no and that's it i'm just i'm glad you're able to understand that side of the story absolutely you know i i i 
I have a lot of black friends and um you, you know I I don't like to I really have tried to stay away from this whole topic uh as far as the protesting and everything goes you know obviously I went out and photographed it and all that but as far as me posting my opinions about it I really just tried to refrain from that because me personally I'm not a very political person uh and I just you know I don't like the I've got you know all sorts of people following me on Instagram and who knows who can say what or whatever and I just I don't want to deal with it uh, even when I posted those pictures on my photography page, I had a couple kids comment this stupid stuff on it. And I was like, you know, this isn't something I want to deal with. And, you know, and I, I, I don't blame I... you for feeling that way either. And I hate that people have to be like that. Right. It, it's but one I... thing. Sorry, continue. Uh, well, you know, all I was going to say is, you know, I've stayed quiet, but I definitely didn't want it to come off as, oh, Cam doesn't care. You know, like I, I have a no, lot totally. of black friends. I have a lot of black friends that I consider family, you know, a lot of guys I consider my brothers and I consider them blood. And, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, geez, I make hip hop music, which a lot of people consider black music. So, you know, I, it I definitely just is a part of black kinda, culture. Exactly. You know, and that's why I've got so much respect for it. I've got so much respect for the black community. You know, the, the black community has created a beautiful culture. And I mean, hip hop is the number one genre in the world right now. And I mean, you know, in the 80s, it was heavy metal. And starting from the 90s and so forth, it's been pop and hip hop. You know, the black community has taken over that. And I have a hell of a lot of respect for it. Um, I think it's great. Well, thank you for, for sharing that, Cameron. So if you don't mind me asking, and whether you agree with it or not, like, what do you what do you think about the Black Lives Matter movement? I completely agree with it, and I fully stand by it. You know, I, I definitely think that it's time to change some things in this country, uh, especially with the police. You know, of course, I stand when when all this protesting started. I of course stood for the for the main meaning behind it, which was that you know Black Lives Matter and uh, you know racism that's going on around America needs to stop. And I, I've always stood by that and I still stand by that. Um, you know, one of the main things that I was kind of protesting was, and uh, excuse my language, I don't know if we can cuss on here. <laughs> You're, be you, man, be you. Okay, well, my main thing I was going by was fuck the police. And I do <laughs> stand by that. And it's straight up, you know, because I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of racist people around the world that aren't police officers, but there has been countless, countless times where white people just get off scot-free. And it could be for whatever, you know. I, I actually saw a post the other day on Instagram. And these two kids got arrested for the exact same thing at the exact same time. One was black, one was white. And I think it was, it was either, uh, I honestly think it was murder. I feel like it was like a murder Second charge. murder charge? I, yeah. I, I, I believe I, I it think was. We saw the same post, but continue. And the white kid got like I don't know three or five years, and the black kid ended up getting sentenced to life or like sixty-seven years or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like these kids did the exact same thing at the exact same time, and they were both charged the exact same way. Why does this kid get a lesser sentence? Like it's 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 bullshit, honestly. And, no, it you know, is, man. Be be passionate about that. I'm glad and, and I mean, you recognize that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, me personally, I've had a few run-ins with the cops and, you know, I'm not proud of it, but it happened. And, 
I can honestly say I was let off about 90% of the time. And for a couple of the times, it, it, it was very iffy circumstances. And if I had been black, I probably would have been brought to jail um, and put in prison. And I just, I think that's fucked up, you know? Um, so I am 100% for the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm 100% for everything that people are doing right now. I love and respect everything that people are doing right now. And I see that, you know, a change is starting to come. You know, I've noticed that they've started tearing down like a lot of these racist monuments and uh, they've started to defund police departments and stuff. And I think that's great. You know, I think the police department has gotten way too overpowered over the years. Um, You know, just with, you know, interactions with cops, with just listening to cops, how they talk and especially like watching live PD and stuff like that, you know, and I, I'm pretty good at observing people. And a lot of these cops have a, have a feeling of power or authority that they just don't deserve. You know, it's, it's almost like this godlike power that they think they have. And that's not, I, that's not what they're here for. They're here to protect and serve. And for the past couple of years, they've been doing a hell of a lot more than that. Very interesting you should bring that up, by the way. And I, I brought this up in the past three podcasts, but it's always good to, to see a different reaction. So, and my mentor and I had brought this up as well. So, Cameron, I, I'm curious on your reaction when I say this. So, you would say that the police are meant to protect and serve citizens, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So, interestingly enough, in cases brought to Supreme Court, um, other judicial du, judicial systems, excuse me, at a higher level, by definition, uh, the police are actually meant to only they quote unquote they don't have to protect the citizens. They have to they're meant there to force the law enforce the law. Right. So, and how does that... and and you know, I understand that, and I agree with that. You know, I I understand the roles of police. Don't get me wrong. If we didn't have police, I mean, the America would be anarchy. People would be doing oh, whatever no, the hell no, they want. You know what I mean? So absolutely, I, I, I understand enforcing the law. And, you know, I understand that there are some circumstances that it may take to enforce said law. But the fact that there are countless police officers that have files on them about, you know, like, okay, the officer that killed George Floyd, he had multiple offenses on his paperwork about being too forceful and too harsh during arrest. And that's not okay. That's what I don't think is okay. You know, and I mean, we see it, we see it all the time now, you know, there's plenty of videos of it. And, And I think what and I, I saw this from Will Smith, and I think someone else may have said it. But I, I really, think I didn't Smith know how Will Smith it. had made a post on any of this. That's, he that's he, awesome. he had posted something about a week or two ago, and it said, uh, "Racism never ended; it's just being photographed." And that hit me like a wow. brick wall, man. And I was like, "Wow, that is one hundred percent true." And I mean, because we, I mean, for over the past couple of years, we've just seen countless videos of people getting beat down by police or people getting killed by police or just, I mean, Jesus, even during the riots, even during these protests in New York, I watched a video of cops. They had um, 
you know, like those barricades, they like the metal kind of gates that they put up to keep people back. Yes. So the cops were parked like right behind those, like the barricades were basically like leaning on their car. And there was this huge group of people in front of them. And the cop dead ass drove that barricade through the crowd. Jesus Christ. Like just, just hammered down and just drove through the crowd and just piled all these people out of the way. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? These people are literally sitting here protesting against you doing shit like this. Then you're going to do that shit. Like, I, I could not believe it. And that's where I have the problem is because, again, even while there's millions of people out there protesting against the fact that these people are being have a, a godlike power that they don't deserve, they're still acting like they've got that power. Like, who, who in their right mind sits in a car with a crowd full of people in front of them? Okay, and granted, this is a government-hired police officer, sits in his driver's seat and is like, no, nah, I know how I'm going to fix this. I'm just going to plow <laughs> through them. Um, like, maybe he thought they were bonus points. Uh, 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 I, I, babe, believe me, I, I can understand some bonus points. I love me some GTA. But man, <laughs> it, like... Dude, it just makes no sense. It, 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 to me, it just falls back into that, that point of these cops have a mindset of I have more power and authority than anybody else in the world does. It is bullshit. On, on that, we can agree, Cameron. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, not, I'm also here not to, not to make this one sided. And I will say, for me, I've had very, very, very few. Um, but I have had and had a run with police officers, whether it was for a speeding ticket or just me acting stupid at school because we were running around and I didn't have my ID on me or whatever. But a lot of those encounters were, were very good. And in those cases, I've, I've been lucky that the police officers were very kind and understanding and just, you know, uh, right. just up front with me. And I'm but not I saying also that. Know... Oh, go oh. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was also going to say, but I also know. That again, like you said, we live in such a small tourist tap, tap, trap town that either A, everybody knows everybody, so they right. already know me as a person or, or have heard of, you know, where I went to school or, you know, this or that. Right. Or it's just, it, it's just, you know, they, we have a, I guess you could say like a different mindset. I mean, Southport's not really, I don't think it's, it's bad when it comes to that type of thing, but that also doesn't mean you can say that it doesn't exist i mean if you you know being in Southport or going to to charlotte or raleigh or detroit or new york city it's a completely different environment a completely different presence than being in a small town right. like this so but yeah i just that, that's where i was going but you had something no absolutely and I, and I do agree with that you know being in a small town or you know being in those big cities doesn't help anything you know, of course, being back home, yeah, everybody knows everybody, and that can definitely, you know, help with certain circumstances. And, you know, with what I was saying earlier, you know, by no means am I saying all cops are bad cops. You know, there are plenty of good cops out there. Exactly. You know, I, I've dealt with good cops. There, you know, I've seen videos of good cops. Like, there are great cops out there that do their job and they do it right. And I respect them for that. But not all of them are like that you know Sadly. and it, exactly and that's the problem is there's just no it seems like there's no structure in that 
business, you know, as far as being a police officer goes. It's either you've got one guy who's out there to do the right thing and do his job, and then you got one guy who's like, bet, I'm finally a cop. I'm about to enforce some power on these people. Which is also where I I think uh, better background checks come into play, better evaluations. Absolutely. Um, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and I was I was looking up some stats, and there was a post I found. I plan on going over it. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I'll if I'll do it here or if I'll do it in the next podcast. But I had this post that I found on Instagram, and it was I thought it was very monumental, and it gave a timeline of everything that was changing, with that the protest had had an impact on. And I I thought that was incredible, and. You know, here I'll just start, start. And actually, recently the the Minneapolis Police Department, they, I believe, their entire force has been de- uh, either defunded or, or disbanded. I can't remember which which one it was, but I did see something about that. Um, I did see. I noticed that a lot of the police departments are being defunded. Um, I also did see one police department practically lost all of their officers because I guess mm-hmm. like two they suspended two of them for right reason being too harsh um and then i guess the rest of the police officers was like oh this is bullshit like we're uh we're just leaving like we're taking a stand against this yeah and i'll tell you what man you know there there was an there was an incident not too long ago where there was an old literally like a 72 year old guy is is hell is and he's he's white by the way is, Mm -hmm. is protesting with these protesters and and there, there's a video, too. You can clearly see this police officer, like, sh- practically shoving so hard he goes to the ground. Oh, and he but, cracked his head? Yes. And they were trying to say he just tripped. And that was like, no, no, you you killed him. You killed him. Yep. And half yep. of the police officers began protesting with the protesters. Like, you're, you're just proving their point. Like, this is the type of shit yeah. that we don't. But then the other half, it's, it's just an interesting divide that has also begun in police departments because I think now even in their own departments are beginning to realize it, you know? I just think a lot Absolutely. of it's been suppressed. And, and, I, and I have seen, I've seen a couple videos of, you know, cops kind of standing up. Like I did see one, like there was some police officer yelling at some of the protesters and then he turned around and there was some, you know, black girl kind of sitting on the ground behind him and he just like pushed her out of the way. And this other, uh, lady cop walked up and just got all up in his face you know i couldn't really hear what she was saying but you know she was obviously like you don't do that shit you know get the hell out of here like i'm not putting up with this blah 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 so like yeah, it was man. really good to see that um but you know one thing too i gotta say about all that and, and here's what here's what's a good thing about social media and here's the bad thing about social media the great thing is is that as soon as the George Floyd thing happened, the whole world knew about it. And the whole world was ready to start protesting against it. And that's awesome. But now the negative parts about it, and I've seen, I'm starting to see a whole lot of posts about this, is these cops, they'll get out there and, you know, take a knee or start hugging people or, you know, make it seem like they're with the protesters just to get a couple photos and to get it posted up. And as soon as the photographers leave, they're gassing them. Mm. I, I've noticed that as well. There was, there was a heartbreaking, and granted, another thing, you know, social media, it's always hard to tell the full story, but this one really hit home for me. And, and I felt a, a tidal wave of emotions. I, I don't know what the military was doing there, or maybe it was just the higher ups and fatigues. I'm not sure. 
Because right. I believe uh, the president right now is trying to in, enact martial law on some of these states yeah. and cities. But, you know, there was military there, and there was a protester there um, who, and she was a young girl, went up and interacted with the military officer. And you could even see her, she had a, a thing of flowers with her. And she was a peaceful mm. protester. And I was just like, wow, you know, that that's tremendous. Like, that gave me, like, a really, like, high Martin Luther King vibe. Like, you know, in certain ways Absolutely. That we, you can stand together and be united on that. And as soon as that happened, as soon as she crossed, like, I guess some line or some border or some boundary or something like that, you see three officers holding this. And she, she doesn't look strong by any means. I mean, she, right. you know, but, like, you just see three officers just begin to, like, like go to her and just detain her bring her to the to a police car and i was i was very very confused i was like why would you do that and see but then see that's the problem right there is they're just they're just arresting people because they can that's all it is and especially like and i was watching this while while i was even out at charlotte you know i watched three or four people right in front of me just get snatched and flipped over and you know tied up and that was it they're going to jail now and it's like for what reason these people were just standing here speaking their opinion and now you're going to come up and arrest them and i even asked i even asked like uh i think i asked my father i was like you know say i would have gotten grabbed at that protest and say i would have been arrested and me just be doing what i was doing which was photographing what would they have arrested me for and what would they try to charge me with because obviously I wasn't doing anything. He was like, no, obviously you weren't doing anything, but they would definitely pin whatever they could against you. And that's bullshit to me because I know that that happens a hell of a lot in justice is they will arrest someone that maybe was doing something wrong, you know, a little wrong. And then that person may have been a smart ass. Then they bring them downtown. They're like, bet, let's find anything else we can pin on this dude because fuck him. Yeah, damn, that's well said, Cameron. And and it's bullshit. And it just goes back on, again, these cops aren't doing their job. They're doing a hell of a lot more than their job, and that's not what they're trained to do. These cops are barely trained to do their own job in the first place. Which is another interesting fact that that you say that. I'm going to try to find it here now. But, again, I was was talking with the mentor gate. There's a lot that we had talked about. And it was Mm -hmm. talking about the, the defunding of the police defunding of of these certain school systems and i was like well you know if this is all happening what would happen if we if we took that money that they were being funded with and we put it into other things and right. i think that like is part like something that really blew my mind i was like well you know i really thought about it like that and it was like yeah i mean because people are like, well, if you defund the police, it's going to put us into a state of anarchy and doing all that. I was like, well, it's not even just to defund them. It's also to help reform it. You know, if they're not getting funding by by people with agendas, whether they're political or not, then that's where reform can begin to, to occur. Right. And so that got me thinking on, on a lot of different standpoints. And so, excuse me. And so then from there, it, it just started talking about all of this, all of this stuff. And it was like, um, you know, defunding the police sounds uh, radical until you realize we've been defunding education for years, which, which exactly. blew my mind. Yeah. Yep. And it, it goes even further down the rabbit hole. I'm going to see if I can, if I can find it here. Uh, I just found it. 
And, you know, it's 1.7 million students are in schools with cops, but no counselors. And, and that got me thinking as well, you know, and you, you and I went to, to South Brunswick Middle, but mm-hmm. I remember there would be times where I'd be sick and, you know, I'd ask about the nurse and I can't be, even begin to tell, tell you how many times they'd be like, oh, she's not in right now. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I absolutely remember that. I'm pretty sure that school nurse only worked there like one or two days out of the week. Exactly. And then yeah, you get into and counselors. And, and granted, it, it got better when I got to high school. But I also went to an early college where it's a different, it's a different and very diverse environment. The funding is right. significantly better. The teachers right. there, you know, care 24-7. I mean, hell, I was able to talk to the teachers there about financial issues, stress issues, parental issues at home. Right. And, and, and that, that, that's great. You know, and, I, and that's, it, it, that's something you don't see in a lot of schools. Like I can say, you know, for example, like, because I went to South Brunswick High School, you know, I didn't go to the early college, um, but the counselors there, I mean, for one, I barely even knew who my counselor was, and two, if if I ever wanted to go talk to them about something serious, you know, like family issues or financial issues or anything like that, I by no means felt comfortable to do so. Exactly, and, and yeah. that's one of the main problems, and it baffles me. And so you have 1.7 million, you know, on that end with, with the counselors, then it goes to nurses and, and the numbers just keep climbing. Three million mm-hmm. students are in schools with cops, but no nurses. Six yep. million students are in schools with cops, but no school psychologists, which that plays a big role, especially whether you're getting bullied or not. And people wonder why some of the students either commit suicide or do some of the other things they do. Absolutely. And especially since mental health issues have become such a big thing within the past few years you know i absolutely agree there need to be more counselors at school and there need to be better counselors at these schools you know not ones that are just there to do a certain job and like oh they can also counsel you if they need to like exactly there needs to be a specific counselor that does said job and that's that and then on top of that you have 10 million with no social workers and that's an entirely different rabbit hole I can go down cuz you know my family not only did they just adopt me but they were in the foster care system for at least 10 years of their life right. working before before even anything else but what I what I really love is that there's a quote by Alicia Garza an activist author and co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement and she says we are asking police to be domestic violence counselors we're asking police to be therapists. We're also asking police to deal with people who are in crisis in terms of their mental health. And police are not trained to do that. Nope. In fact, sure, we could spend a bunch of time training people with badges and guns to be able to respond differently to that. And maybe we should. But we also have people whose actual profession it is to do that work. And they're underfunded and undervalued. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. I 100% agree with that, Thomas. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Like, well, I mean, like, say, for example, like, uh, I don't know if you ever remembered hearing about this or if you ever saw any of the articles. Cause I remember it made, you know, main news headlines. Uh, but there was a kid that I can't remember his name right now, but he went to South Brunswick High School um, and he had some kind of little mental issues. Um, you know, he wasn't... Uh, special ed or anything like that i just think he had a little something up with his brain and uh i guess one time he had kind of gotten a little out of hand uh at his house and he had grabbed like a little screwdriver and was just kind of being reckless with it 
um, you know, he wasn't trying to stab nobody or nothing like that. He just had this little screwdriver. And it literally was like a little, it's not like it wasn't a normal screwdriver. Like it was one of those small ones that you would be working on like a, like a phone with type thing. Um, So he had this little screwdriver. I guess his parents just didn't really know how to calm him down. So they called the police. Police showed up instead of assessing the situation and trying to calm it down like police are supposed to do cop walks in sees what's going on says we don't have time for this shoots the kid dead right there oh my god i remember hearing something about that but i didn't know like that was the situation and imagine like how the parents must have felt too at that point like exactly like that fucks the parents up even more like, you know, at first they've got a kid who, you know, isn't exactly normal. And that's a problem within it. Not a problem, but that's a, that's work within it. Right, exactly. And then you got a cop walking in that you think is about to help you. And he says, no, nah, we don't have time for this. And then kills your son right there. I mean, I'd be traumatized. And I for sure would have no faith in the police department after that. Even at that point, I think traumatized would be an understatement. Like, that's... Oh, exactly. I mean, I would be outraged. Like, Jesus. And it just... there, and There's so much stuff. And, and, and again, like, we're not here to, to, to demonize certain people unless, you know, the cops who killed George, George Floyd, they should be, and they're going to jail. They've been charged hey. correctly. Yes. Um... But yeah, there are good people out in the world, and and I think that certain people out there who either uh, don't agree with the Black Lives Matter movement or don't fully acknowledge racism in its entirety, or, or whatever, I don't. I think they're they're fixed, and it's good to to acknowledge the good, but you don't want to fixate too much on on something. Just like with with fixating on the bad and acknowledging the good. Exactly. There, there, there are good things out there, but at the same time, if you want change to happen, you you have to start at a root. Doesn't matter what it is, and in this case, mm-hmm. right now, it's it's be. Because, for example, you know, we and the common the common ground is a corrupt system. I would like to think, you know, you you have police brutality, corrupt right. cops, you have racism. Yes. I don't think we can blame it all on on one or the other. I think it's a combination, but where those point to is a corrupt system, and this is one of the ways that we start. I agree with that. Thank I absolutely you. agree with that. And uh, one, one more quote I do want to pull uh, from Alicia Garza is that, and so if you actually limit what police do in our communities and how often they come into contact with our people and for what that is actually key to saving more lives, as long as you also invest on the other side in making sure that there is a robust set of resources that help people, that people can access, they won't be criminalized for accessing it. But also where you don't have the option for a mistake of trying to deal with a mental health crisis and shoot someone. Mm-hmm. That can be completely avoided and done in better ways. I mean, it, it's a good thing that we have police, like you said. But the training, and I, I was looking at the cor- coursework and in, in some of the the stats earlier with a friend of mine. I plan on bringing up more of a police brutality side to it uh, with Ricky because the past three months have, have mainly been uh, dealing on, on racism and protesting and, and beliefs and concepts, whereas ours is, seems to be more of a mix. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> like more spending on policing means that there is fewer resources available for other public public safety strategies and that are that could potentially be better for the community. And right. so 
you know, a bigger policing budget means less investment in community-based drug and mental health treatment, education, and other institutions exactly. that can help all of that. Crime is, crime is down. Yeah, because one example of this would be in 2019, right, where New York made the conscious decision to reduce the number of police. And yeah, crime continued to go down. But just because the crime was down and you had more police, that doesn't... Yeah, crime is down, and more more police doesn't equal less crime, if that makes sense, because there are other factors. Like, yes, it can be a deterrent, but at that point, you're just forcing some of that stuff underground. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. So Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And, you know, I... I, yeah, I honestly don't really have anything to say on that. No, just, and, and you're I fine, man. Agree. Like, I'm glad that you do. I, I really am. I'm, like I said, and, and again, I'm just glad that you're here uh, talking yeah, about this with me. The only really other part that I have was I was going to read what, what the uprising has accomplished, and I'll probably either go through this in its entirety with my mentor, or I will find a way to post it. And you can find this on Instagram. I'll, I'll probably tag the post or post it on my story again. But starting at 525, where and when, when, with the killing of George Floyd, and going all the way, excuse me, uh, to 6 4, July, or not July 4th, uh, we're in January, February, March, April, May. June, June I'm retarded. <laughs> yeah. uh, but going to June 4th, like, there, there's been all of these events that have happened. And, and there, there's a couple of things here. So, Keep in mind that that a lot of the, these dates are either back to back on the same day or within four days of each other. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick like you know two or three from each list that I think are more major. Um, but on on five twenty six, you know, four officers were fired for the murder of George Floyd, right? And after that, later on, uh, you realize that oddly enough. Uh, activists begin to commandeer hotels to provide shelter for homeless. Um, mm. Later on, Officer Chavin was arrested, and then Louisville Mayor suspends no-knock warrant in response to police's uh, 312 Brianna Taylor killing in subsequent protests in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, if I'm, if I'm reading this abbreviation right. Now, what I find interesting here is that it all starts out in uh, Minneapolis, and uh, like nearby states, right? But as you go further through this timeline, you begin to realize that some of these um, uh, orders or investigations or laws begin to become nationwide and these events that begin more like happening state to state because, you know, these protests were spreading. Like you said, you didn't even think it would be in Charlotte, but like, you know, lo and behold, it ended up making its way here. Yeah, and absolutely. so. Uh, now in 5:30, U.S. embassies across. Ah, I need to slow down real quick. U.S. embassies across Africa condemn police murder of George Floyd. Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, and the DR Congo. It's crazy. And so uh, then later on, you know, you have local buses and operators refusing to transport arrested protesters. This, now this is in New York. At I this did point. see that. Yeah, which is also insane. Then you see later on, you know, footage gets captured of two abusive officers and they get fired for pulling a couple out of the car and tasing them. But now Minneapolis public schools and their contract with the police, then you start to see this this wave of 
these Confederate monuments or statues being removed, like you had said. Um, Then, uh, in California, the CA prosecutors launched a campaign to stop the DA from accepting police union money. So that also, you know, takes away the possibility of bribes or whatever else. Interesting. And then in Tulsa, uh, the mayor agrees not to renew live PD contract, which I thought was also very interesting. Yeah, I actually just saw that, uh, like, right before we started this podcast. I uh, I had read that group message with my buddies, and they just said, Life PD is done for now. Yeah, which I, it was, I mean, I guess I mean, it's, it's just very interesting, the domino effect that certain things can have, especially when seeing that. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm very surprised at how fast everything is happening. I'm proud, love it. I'm proud of it. I'm happy for that. But I, I was very surprised at how quick things are happening. Which is also why I think this is very different. And like you said, this is going to be history. I think I don't I don't know how soon some people may have been able to tell. Maybe some more than others. Maybe some later. But I think we can agree that this definitely feels different. And however this ends is going to be a milestone for whatever happens or even changes moving forward from from the year of 2020. Oh, yeah, Because this absolutely. is not like it has been in the past. I mean, people are... And, and even if COVID were to go away, I don't think this would change. I really don't. I don't think so either. And, and I completely agree with you, man. I mean, look at the impact that... Well, okay, granted, it may have not had a big impact because we're still dealing with the same things today, but look at how historic those uh, L.A. riots were in the 90s. You know, we learned about that in school. It's a well-known thing, and it it was historic. It was was a historic moment, and that was just in L.A. Now you've got the entire world rioting about this stuff. I mean, this if this doesn't change things, then I genuinely don't know what the hell will. And, I agree and, with you on that one, man. I, and, I truly and, do. And I do want to say this too, you know, because I, 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 I talk a lot <clears throat> with, uh, with my, my buddy, Jared. Uh, he's actually my uh, photographer and videographer. He helps me with like my music videos and stuff like that. Um, so I talk to him like every other day about stuff. And so of course we've been talking a whole lot about these uh, protests and the writing and all that. And, uh, you know, one thing that we had kind of talked about, and and he had said this, he was like, I personally don't think that these protests and riots are going to fix the problem. And so we talked about it, and I was like, well, give me some more, you know, give me a better understanding of why you're saying that. And he was like, well, look, you know, he's like, by no means am I saying that this isn't going to work. He was like, obviously, yeah, they're going to prove a point by doing this, and they are going to make a change by doing this. But at the end of the day, and I do agree with this, as shitty as it is, I do agree with this. After these riots and protests are over, I do believe that there will be a change in society because this is happening all around the world. You know, of course, there, I do believe there will be a change as far as the police go and as far as their, uh, you know, brutality goes against people. I do believe there will be a change against that. As far as racism in America goes, as much as I don't want to say this, no, I you're really, you're fine because I know where you're going, but I can actually I, help your point. I, I really don't know. I I I personally don't think racism will end after this protest. I think that it will be suppressed a bit, and I do believe that it will cut back. But I do not think that it will end completely because at the end of the day, 
there are still plenty of racist people out there and they're having kids and whether they, you know, they may not teach their kids to be racist or whatever. It's just a fact of who the person is. Exactly. You and also, I mean? like, we're they'll be driving down our the road. Well, exactly. You know, it's just it's just what you're surrounded by. You know, if 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 you've got a kid who, you know, say this racist person has a has a child. All right. They're driving around the town. They're they have their kid everywhere with them, everywhere they go. And the parent, you know, of course, they're going to kind of watch themselves. But at the end of the day, the parents are going to say what the hell they want to say. And, you know, they could just be driving down the road and they'll say, oh, this, you know, and use the N word against someone. And from there, you know, okay, that kid believes that's okay to say. And that specific person that he called that specific word is someone that I maybe shouldn't mess with because my father thinks this way about them. And again, just drags on the races. No, and you, you do bring up a very valid point, as, as sad or frustrating as it is to hear. And something Lawrence and I had touched on is that, you know, when you're looking at all of this and people are like, oh, we, 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 U.S. can't be that racist anymore. Has it gotten better? Yeah. Racism, and just like with Will Smith's post, racism is just taking different manifestations. Has it gotten better? Yeah. No, of course. Sure, it's gotten better, yeah, but absolutely. it's still around. And the yeah. U.S.'s history a longer history of being racist than it has not. And with everything that's happened from Jim Crow laws to everything that happened with Dr. Martin Luther King, and even before that, I mean, that's only about two generations ago. Those people still had children. They still had wives or friends that they would interact with. I mean, hell, the KKK is still a thing. But Yeah, I had, uh, when I was back home, when I was living home, I remember one day I came home from school I checked the mail and there was a fucking uh, a flyer to join the KKK. Swear to God. What? In my mailbox. Fucking hell. Yes. That's wild. But I e- know. But even even aside from that, I think it's getting a lot better because of our generation. And I, I know for a fact, you know, some people will say that and a generation is always going to have its biases about a younger generation or whatever. But I do have this to say about our generation, and it's that I think we are the most accepting generation. I agree so with far. that. I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I, I could be completely wrong. Uh, you know, it could very well end within the next couple of years. I, I really do not think that it will just because of, like, what I said. There's kids being born every day, and they're growing up with these racist families. Um, and that's just going to drag on. But I do absolutely agree with you, what you're saying. We have gotten into a very uh, accepting generation. Um, and a lot of things have changed. I mean, just even with the way that people talk and jokes that are made and stuff like that. You know, I, I, I go back and watch TV shows from like the mid 2000s. And uh like you'll hear them crack a little joke and it's like yeah that's funny but jesus christ if they said that today <laughs> oh yeah that, that that show would have been canceled and it's like it's not even like uh, like a harsh thing like i was watching uh i can't remember what i was watching the other day but it was definitely like some kids show and uh, or like a kids movie or something like that and they had like made this joke about like their wife like oh you know like uh your job is in the kitchen you know around the lines of that yeah like you work in the kitchen a very sexist joke right and like you know 
it was like the way that it came off like it was funny and at the time like that was a joke that they used and like people thought that was funny and now if you said that today like i said that show would be canceled in a heartbeat oh no no without a doubt and 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 don't get me wrong like but i mean just look at what what's happened with with the lgbt community i mean starting uh, first off equal pay for women is beginning to get a lot better better as well i mean education i think is being made more available um classroom settings i mean they're going to be educating on on this as well so i think Mm -hmm. i think a lot of students are also molded by the schools they go to and even even i can say this you know are we molded by how our parents are and their belief system yeah of course we are do we also have a christian background yeah but at the same time by the end of the day when you go to school and when you interact with people your friends also shape you absolutely i mean if your friends are accepting or you end up meeting someone who's lgbt and they help give you a broader perspective. I mean, we're oh yeah, we're I all can change beings. anything we, for you. Exactly. Yeah. I and, mean, and, and, you know, I can say, and I'm very thankful for this. Like, like my brother, I, I have I have two stepbrothers and I have a stepsister, and they all live out in Arizona. Um, but one of my stepbrothers is gay, and I he came out when he was probably like. 15, 16, maybe even 17. I don't know. I can't remember ages, man. You know. Yeah, and, I, uh, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, but he, he had come out, and I was I was very young. And, but I remember my parents, you know, my, my father and my stepmom kind of pulled me to the side and were like, look, this is, you know, David is gay. This is what this means, and that's that. And me being young, you know, of course I didn't exactly understand it, but – I'm extremely happy that I learned about it at such a young age because, you know, don't get me wrong for probably like two years after I had found out I did, I was kind of weird about it. Um, you know, like I would go and hang out with him out in Arizona and I'd be like, so you, uh, you got a girlfriend and I knew he was gay, but I still like, it was just weird for me to talk about. Um, no, and that's and he'd understandable. Be like, yeah, and he'd be like, Cam, hey, you know, I'm gay. No, I do not have a girlfriend, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and that was that. But just growing up with him and growing up around him and, you know, hearing, like, the jokes that he made. Like, I'd be on my Instagram, like, you know, just going through pictures. And, like, someone I went to high school would pop up. He'd be like, ooh, who's that? And I'd be like, dude, don't do that shit right <laughs> now. Like, don't, don't, don't do that. I don't need that. But, like, it was, it, like, it just it all became funny to me, you know, like, cause like he would say these things to make me laugh because he knew that it was like, Oh, Cam like kind of feels weird about this, but not really like I'm a play with him type thing. So yeah. that's just like what it became for to me, you know, like, like in high school. And uh, I don't know if you, uh, well, yeah, you went to the middle school. You probably know them, you know, Gavin Parker and Cameron Blake. Yeah. Yeah. I know them. Yeah. yeah so I'm they're... still a good friend with them. Okay. Yeah. So they're, you know, you know, they're gay. And uh, they're real cool dudes, man. But, you know, they they would always, like, hit on me and, like, be talking to me and stuff like that. And I know... Dude, Cameron hit on me a couple of times, too, actually. Oh, yeah, they all do. They, they try it with anybody. I, I thought it was hilarious. But, uh, y- you know, there are plenty of people in that school that would have turned around and punched them right in the fucking face because of that. And, oh, I, you know... it's Yeah. Yeah, and it's fucked up, but... You know, me just, you know, being lucky and growing up what I grew up around, I just took it all as a joke, you know, and I'd, I'd fucking play back with them, you know, I'd flirt with them a little bit, you know, by no means am I gay. I yeah, and that's just women. because we're quirky too. 
Like, right, and that's, that's just who I am. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I get along with all sorts of people. And, like, the type of person I am, you know, if I meet you and you seem like a cool dude and you got a good personality, do you? Immediately, I'm going to act like I've known you my entire life. Exactly. And that's just how we are, too. And whether it's uh, your, your, your uh, sexuality or your race or anything else, I think a lot of people have begun to see that it's more normalized. Or at least, you know, again, yes. with, the, with our younger generation. And so it's all normal to us. You know, yeah, I can't absolutely. even count how many bi or pansexual friends that I have. It, it's, a, it's a blend of everything now. Uh, right. You know, and, and you never know nowadays, too. You know, you know, back in the day, it was like, OK, that person is gay. And we know that because of the way that they act and the way that they dress. But now, you know, people have just gotten comfortable with it. It's just become an, another another thing. You know, I meet people all the time and, you know, I don't think anything of them. It's just another person. And then two weeks later, I find out, oh, he's gay. Okay. I didn't know that, but cool. And something else that really helps me, too, is that I think a lot of, well, I I don't know. I wouldn't say a lot of, but I think parents are also, you know, an older generation is also beginning to be more accepting and understanding as well. Because then, you know. Now, some of them, granted, some parents are just assholes that will never understand, will never change, and it's, it's a shame. Right. But for some of them, you know, that maybe maybe they had a different view, maybe they didn't, maybe, you know, like us, they were just born into a loving and accepting family no matter what. Right. But for some of them, they might have had a different view, and then they have this child that begins to exhibit that and has a heart-to-heart mm-hmm. conversation and tells them, hey, you know, I'm trans, or hey, I'm pansexual, or hey, you know, I think I'm bi or lesbian or whatever. And it opened up their perspective because it's like, you know, this is my, my daughter, my blood. son, or whatever. Exactly. And right. it's like, wow, you know, like, I never thought this would happen with someone, like, a child of mine. But, like, now that they're like this and they've, I think it just really puts into perspective of them. They're like, how could I be that way to this person that I love? And I think it makes them reflect on, wow, you know, how did I make this person feel when I said this? Or wow, you know, I was thinking about this and I was like, that was just so wrong. Like, what if someone had thought that way about my child? Like, I would be so protective and enraged. Like, I wouldn't want that for somebody else. Exactly. And and I've seen that firsthand, honestly. You know, I've got a cousin, uh, Zach, and I don't know if you ever met him, but I mean, he's just a goon, man. You know, he he grew up on a farm and played football and plays rock music. You know, he just, he likes to drink Jack Daniels and just go fucking hard, man. He's just an all-American dude. And, uh, you know, so, of course, when he moved to North Carolina, we hung out all the time. And every day we were hanging out. And just because of what he grew up around, he would, you know, say certain things. You know, he would talk about gay people and be like, oh, there's faggot blah 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 whatever and you know he'd say certain things and talk about him a certain way and I never really said anything you know just because I was like it's whatever it's Zach just being fucking Zach like not gonna worry about it you know I'm not gonna start no shit because of it and uh, so I just kind of left it and then finally one day uh, he said something and I don't know what made me do it but I was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him about this and so I was just like hey man you know I understand that you are a certain way and by no means am I trying to, you know, dick on you or anything like that. But I just wanted to let you know, you know, my brother's gay. Um, and I don't know if I ever told you that. I just noticed the way that you talk about certain things. And I just wanted to tell you that. And immediately his whole persona changed. And he was just like, shit, man, like 
I'm really sorry. And like, I could tell, like, he just kind of started like thinking back on a lot of things that he had said around me or stuff like that. And he was just like, I'm, I'm really, really sorry about the way that I've been acting about this shit. And I was like, it's cool, dude. Like, I'm not upset with you because I understand, you know, like it's what you grew up around. Like if I had grown up being told, I mean, shit, even growing up, that's why I left the church, honestly, is because I, you know, I'd be sitting there in youth group or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, you know, if, if you are gay, that, that's cool, you know, be yourself. But it does say here in the Bible that if you were to lay with another man, you will go to hell, and you are shit, and you are sinning. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, my brother, I'm literally, my brother is across the country, and he's one of the biggest Christians I know. How can you be Christian and be gay, but yet you're sitting here telling me, Oh, if you're gay, you're going to hell. That doesn't make no sense to no, me. No, and that, that's a big thing for me, too, which I don't know how many people know this, because actually not a lot of people ask, but that's part of why I became agnostic. So, because, I mean, you and I grew up with a very, very strong Christian background. I mean, hell, we went to a Christian school. But Absolutely. as I got older and as I started beginning to interact with more people, I found, and I, now we're bringing religion into this, so, I mean, hopefully if anyone here is super religious, you know, you won't be offended. I don't just, you know, bear with us, uh, you know. Everyone has a right to their own beliefs. This is meant to raise awareness and educate on a lot of different things, mainly Black Lives Matter. Um, but yeah. Anyway, but with that, I began interacting with a lot more people. I was just like, you know, here it says, you know, love undying and unconditionally, but then here it's saying exactly what you just said. And I, I just found that contradictory. And then, you know, I get to high school and I began looking at all of this stuff and, and seeing all these different religions and, and uh, mainly Buddhism and how, like, pure they are. And I'm just like, wow, you know, religion is essentially the same thing in all its entirety. And some people would be like, no, it's not. Like, there are all yeah. these different rules and these different gods. I'm like, yeah, but the main message of it is to be a kind human being. Just be a good person. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's exactly where I stand behind it, too. You know, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't consider myself Christian or or religious, you know, obviously I, I did consider myself Christian for many, many years. Um, and you know, it was a, it's a great little community to be in. Um, but you know, the more I grew up and granted the church that I was at, you know, there's a lot of shit kind of going on that really changed my opinion on things that probably does not happen in most churches, but either way it happened and it, you know, it changed my opinion on it. And mm-hmm. so I'm kind of the same as you. I, I I do believe that there is something out there, but I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but, you know, the way I look at religion in a whole is just kind of like what I believe about it is that it was a structure system that was tried to put in order way back when, you know, because, you know, think about thousands of years ago, like there were there, there may have been some kind of law and order, but nothing like there is now you know there were people just running around doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do killing people raping people pillaging doing whatever that whatever they wanted because they could you know so i feel like these certain uh religions and rules were brought apart or brought out to just calm people the hell down you know they were like all right look we're gonna make these rules you know don't kill people don't do this and that you can't do you know all these certain things like the ten commandments they made those rules, put them into place, and then kind of put the fear in people that was like, look, if you don't follow these rules, you're going to spend the rest of your life living in hell. And I mean, shit, 
if I knew no better and someone came up to me and was like, if you don't follow these rules, you're going to spend the rest of your life living in a volcano, basically. I'd be like, <laughs> shit, okay, I'm probably going to follow those rules. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very interesting point to make, man, like, and a, and a very interesting way to look at it, like, damn. You know, and I mean, and don't get me wrong, you know, I don't disagree with all those rules, like, hell no, you should not just go out and kill people, or rape people, or do this and that, you know, like, for sure, there are some, you know, things out there that you should not be doing, and you should follow those specific rules, but as far as what comes from you not following those rules, or following it, I don't believe that. Word, man. Um, I will say, I normally try to keep my podcasts uh, within like an hour time span. We're already a little over that. Um, mm. The only thing I, I want to wrap up with is uh, a few more uh, event things, and then we can kind of bring it to a close. Okay. Because uh, I think you'd like to hear them as well. Uh, this, this starts on 6-1. Uh, Louisville police chief fired after shooting uh, David McAdee at barbecue joint in Louisville. Uh, but then, th- this is one of the first nationwide ones that happened, which is Democrats and Republicans begin uh, push to shut down a Pentagon program that transfers military weaponry to local law enforcement departments. Hmm. That was very, very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. And so then, um, you get to Atlanta, Georgia, six abusive officers were charged for violence against residents and protesters. Um, then... Again, in Minneapolis, a civil rights investigation of Minneapolis Police Department is launched. And so that's great. And so then, uh, going further to San Francisco at 6-2, resolution to prevent law enforcement from hiring officers with history of misconduct announced by San Francisco DA Bowden and Supervisor Walton, which is amazing. Uh, Then, interestingly enough, there was a survey done, uh, which was at 64% of polled or polled, were sympathetic to protests, 47% uh, disproved of police handling, and 54% thought that the burning down of a, a precinct fully or, or partially was justified. Um, you get a little further down, uh, one officer was fired for tweets promoting violence against protesters, uh, Virginia governor announces the removal of Robert E. Lee's statue, uh, Officer Char- uh, Chauvin, the one uh, who was mainly uh, interacting with George Floyd, the charges mm-hmm. were upgraded to second degree murder. So you got to think they, they were upgraded. So originally it wasn't, it, it was at the lowest. So it was right. upgraded to second degree murder and the remaining three officers were also charged and taken into custody, which was great. And so then six, three, the Richmond uh, VA mayor Stoney announces RPD reform measures to establish Marcus alert for folks experiencing mental health crises to establish independent citizen review board and ordinance to remove Confederate monuments and implement racial equity study, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, um, that's really good. Uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, again, county commissioners deny proposal for $23 or a million dollar expansion of uh, the county jail. Um, another nationwide order on 6-3, U.S. Army tells soldiers to disobey any orders to attack peaceful protesters, and that was nationwide. I thought it was amazing. So then, mm. now you get to Los Angeles, and they announce a 100 to $150 million cut from LAPD budget, and reinvested into communities, monitorium on, or, uh, monitorium on gang database, and sharper discipline against abusive cops in effect immediately. We get to Seattle, Washington. 
Uh, Seattle changes mind and withdraws request to end federal oversight slash consent decree of police department. Uh, then 6-4, the Breonna Taylor case is reopened. Um, more schools begin to uh, cut ties or contracts or funding with police. I'm going to move over. And uh, one of the last ones, which was, most re- which was one of the recent ones, was that uh, King County Labor Federation issue ultimatum to police unions to admit to and address racism in uh, Seattle PD or be removed. And there, there was another thing that ended up happening in uh in boston oh so in boston uh the mbt the metro boston board orders that buses won't transport police to protests or protesters to police out of safety uh and then there is some there is some stuff in richmond there is some stuff in, in denver colorado uh there, there was something in pittsburgh that was really fascinating that i can't find at the moment but anyway there there is progress man i mean there's like a whole list of things that are happening daily and yeah, those absolutely. two nationwide orders, is... I thought it really, you know, put it into perspective. Like, you know, this is happening. This is having an effect. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of that is stuff I hadn't heard of yet. So that really is awesome to hear that, you know, we really are making progress here. And people aren't just protesting for nothing. So that exactly. is awesome to hear. And again, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Uh, the last thing before I want to ask before I close is uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretty much get this uploaded gonna do a description uh post it but i mean definitely if you can um do a video and or post a picture or something to you know say hey we got this out there um i'm gonna post a video too because i would love people to come into this one the one with Catherine was great this is definitely of the same quality it's definitely up there i think the audio is gonna be great i'm excited um so do that if you can uh, to yeah, help I get it out there that, and people man. notice. But other than that, man, I mean, is there any are there any closing remarks that you have? Or let's see, I'll actually I'll take a screenshot of this podcast thing right now and I'll post that up. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Thanks, man. man. I appreciate it. But yeah, um, yeah, that that's pretty much it. This is us wrapping up. I think it's been a good talk. I will say, I hope that you all tune in very soon. Because I have someone coming on, and we have very uh, we have differing viewpoints on the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, if you've agreed with me so far, most likely you're not going to agree with this point, and that's fine. Like I said, this has helped to to raise awareness and and and, and educate and and to have these discussions. So it's definitely going to be a longer session. I may even have to break it down to two episodes. Um, things may get heated at one point, but that's okay. I mean, we're Absolutely. this is a safe space, so um spread spread love and peace not hate uh but yeah if it's morning for you i do this close every time if it's morning for you uh good afternoon i mean and good morning i hope every everything is going well it's, it's in the middle of the day for you best of luck continue on doing what you're doing and if it's nighttime thank you for sharing your your final um moments with us before heading off to bed so yeah uh good night dear listener and all uh, right yeah cool cool well thank night. you thomas for having me on here really i appreciate it man thank you for coming dude i'm so happy we were able to get this work even while you were you were on your way uh to that event and you know stay stay safe keep in contact absolutely. i'd love to talk with you again not just being on the podcast it was it was great also getting the catch absolutely up during this. and just no 
I'm just, I'm proud of you, dude. Like, I'm very grateful and I'm very proud of you in, in so many ways. And I'm glad from what I know that you're doing well. Catherine talks <laughs> highly of you every well, time. Well, I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate um, it. She yeah, loves you, dude. Love she really too. does. Catherine, if you're listening to this, of course, stay dude. easy out there. Be easy. Keep it up. Keep the love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get this, get this posted, but, uh, yeah, uh, continue with your drive and stay safe, dude. I'm actually about to go out yeah. and, and do right, some nerd man. stuff. Well, be easy, so. have fun, stay safe, you know, stay out of the riots, keep a face mask on. We don't want no Rona. <laughs>